Are you ready? Mm-hmm. That's you. Mm. Today, Cavalli's Music School of Dance in Pac-Man and take a right and left, go over the bridge and left and right. John Pac-Man Podcast. Today, Cavalli's School of Music and Dance. Go over the bridge, go through one satellite, pull a Yui, park in front of the store. Uh, have your own podcast. Clean your room. Mm-hmm. Shut your mouth. Open your mouth. <laughs> Actually, um, we're here. Uh, a repeat performance. A guest we've had before. He's mm-hmm. around. He's in town. Yep. So we said, let's do this now. Mr. Jeff Pivar is here. Hi, John. There he is. Hey. Hey. Here we are. Um, we've done come back. Yeah. Well, because I asked you, know. you to, Oh, that's fine. Okay. Well, why not? You I mean, know. what have you got to lose? Well, we're at the, what's at the, the worst p- that could happen? I don't know. <laughs> find out. Um, find out. we, uh, because I, I'm at the point where I've had returns. Nice. So it's not, it's not unheard of. It's no. just like, you, well, I usually sh- can talk and talk and talk and talk. So that's kind of the point. Yeah. Right. Otherwise it would be the mime, the mime <laughs> show. Exactly, the, a mime cast. The, the, the mime. Imagine that the mime podcast where there's just the theme and then silence. For, right, that might be a thing. Yeah, should it's do a new that. thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. And well, yeah. if anybody doesn't know, which they should <clears throat> by now, Jeff Pivar, uh, we can say internationally. You can internationally acclaimed guitarist uh, f- from here, from around here. I and, attempted to grow up here. Attempted to grow up here. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. Let me know right. how that turns it's out. It's never really panned. <laughs> that's that's why we become musicians. So that's we right. don't have to. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. What's there's the, a pass. Yeah. There's <laughs> no no problem with that. But started here, been all around the world mm. do, doing it for mm. years and years for mm. many, many people. Yeah. Um, tell us some of the people that you would like to be known okay. for. Well, one of my first bigger tours was touring with Ricky Lee Jones in 1983 mm. and then 84, 85 with Ray Charles wow. and Joe Cocker, 88. And then Mark Cohn after that around 90 and then started working because I, we, Mark and I opened for Crosby, Stills and Nash. David Crosby and Graham Nash approached me and asked me if I would be willing to play um in a trio with them when they weren't working with steven where i promptly said geez i don't know i've got some weddings back in hartford yeah i can do it Um, not really and (laughs) then um let's see Uh, it gets blurry so Um, they saw you with mark who they see you with with mark yeah yeah we mark and i opened up okay uh, some shows for them and they were like you and after two or three days uh, Crosby comes up to me after a show and says, Nash and I have been watching you, and we think you'd be the perfect guy to work with Graham and I. And it was interesting because they gave me a song list of you know a bunch of tunes that they were thinking we would play. And then about three or four shows into it, they ripped up the song list and decided to ask the audience to raise their hands and request anything the two of them had oh, written. Boy. So um, I'm and, you, and you were expected to just know everything ever. Well, well, the thing that is really helpful is years before that, I was very influenced by two different guitar players, uh, Larry Carlton and Robin Ford, who both utilize a thing called a volume pedal. Oh. And the volume pedal works kind of like one way, might imagine, but the plus of that is I can... Um, utilize my ear my natural ear because that's how i learned how to play and so when i'm listening to someone play a song i can usually kind of deduce what the chords are and maybe what the next one is sure but if i'm if i'm playing with another musician who knows what the next chord is and they're going to hit the downbeat i don't have to hit the downbeat so you're you're mr beat too so yes yeah so i could get beat two pvar that'll be your name well and the thing is is that the guitar when used with a volume pedal is is now a symphonic instrument it's not just twang wow it's ah so you develop like a almost a different style it's like cello uh you know violins yeah 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 so um, with a little delay and some effects or whatever. So I was able to just kind of float in and out in an ensemble with these guys, and they were so thrilled. And then by the time solo section came up, yeah. you knew the chords, That's and right. now you're just playing. Now and, you're and, just and, and, and not even like I know all the chords in the songs that I'm playing. But, 
now. But but in, in reality, here we are. We're having a conversation. We did, we had no idea what we were going to talk about. Well, I came well, down here knowing that you know sparks will fly because we are two reasonably intelligent intelligent young men. Uh, young. <laughs> Some um, of these things are true. <laughs> and and so so I kind of approach music like that, and and I've gotten a lot of soulless. I guess the word could be solace. Um, yeah. Where you trust that there's going to be something larger than you are that kind of guides you to where the music or the conversation is going to go or where your life is going to go. Mm. And so not to get too heavy here, but um, I used to be very fearful when let's say a tour would end and I'd be like, Oh no, what am I going to do now to pay my rent? Yeah. And I've gotten to this other place and certainly it helps when you have a certain, you know, some notches on your belt and, and all that stuff. But I guess what I'm talking about is having a certain amount of trust that there is a higher thing that can guide you to where things need to go. Yeah. And, and that's what I w started developing with them. And it was very exciting for them because musicians they had played with were very much into the, here's the downbeat, clang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's, a, it's another type of, as, as Crosby used to put it, it's, it, you know, it's other arrows in your quiver. Yeah, 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 you yeah. Know, things that you can do to be musical and support someone. Right. Where they can, you know, you're supporting the song. And that was one of David's compliments to me. And he would say, you know, Jeff knows how to play the song. It's not like he's trying to paint all over it, you know. Right. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was an amazing uh, learning experience. I mean, I worked with David Crosby on and off for 30 years. And it's it's a real tough one to swallow. Yeah, yeah. Not I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, no. yeah. It's it's tough, but God bless him. I mean, with what he did to himself, and he's he admitted he was a chemical waste dump. Yeah, you know, <laughs> a human. Yeah, chemical waste dump. I mean, you know, he had a lot of trauma. He lost a girl, his girlfriend, his love of his life when he was young, and she she was killed in an auto accident, and uh. and he happened to be not only famous but uh, had access to. Uh, access to all kinds of crazy things sure. that people were doing back then. So he sure. fell into it deep. But it's amazing he he survived as long as he did. And I love that, you know, <clears throat> we were discussing this at dinner. I like this idea that maybe it's possible, not, not that I'm a 100% fatalist, sure. but I believe that certain people maybe might be a good match for other people in their trajectory. And I mean, I still believe in this world, the world is at its best when people are helping one another. Yeah. When people are of service or, or of support to one another. And so that was something that was mind boggling to me as I was passing pubic hair, listening to Crosby, Stills and Nash, you know, learning right. how to be a guitar player, learning how to be a musician with the album cover on my yeah. knee. And, you know, and all of a sudden years later, I'm like, plucked out of the abyss or let's just say out of my orbit yeah, yeah. to be of service to them. And I couldn't believe how much they uh, let me know how much I was appreciated. Hey, well, yeah. do you, well, sometimes I think about it like <clears throat> you're not how much younger, like you say that, that well, how do I put it? Um, like when I, I don't, I don't want to name drop. I don't know how else to do it. No, go for but it. But like when, when I play with Danny Cooch, yeah. I used to play to those records right. when I was a kid. Yeah. And then when I got to play with them, it was easy. And it was just like, well, yeah, because I played with you yeah. before. That's right. If not directly, just the sensibility. Like I understand this thing. And you got to wonder, like with rock and roll, um, you're you're a student of the people that you're working for. Mm -hmm. They help to form you in the first place, and vice versa. You know what I mean? And yeah. Vice versa, right? Because right. everyone learns from each other. Right, right, right. It's not just right. like you know, right. yeah. Because at, at every age, yeah, yeah, at every place in your life, <clears throat> if you stay humble, yeah, you are learning from everything you yeah. do. Right? Yeah, there's another thing. Yeah, yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, that's fine. Um, but yeah, you were playing that music, and he felt very comfortable with you, not only because you have your own brand of talent and feel for the instrument, which we all 
um, appreciate about you. Mm. But, um, you know, I sometimes use the analogy of a tuning fork. So, you know, a tuning fork and you hit it and it goes, yeah. and so <clears throat> we people, we human beings have our own resonant frequency. Sure. You know, so we're vibration, right? And so we're, we're humming along at a certain vibration and let's just call it a note like a like sure. a tuning fork and you get someone else in your sphere and they have their vibration and certain vibrations harmonize yeah and certain vibrations are very dissonant yeah, and yeah. they don't work and so it's not as simple as that but i do believe that a lot of it has to do with a certain amount of yeah, yeah. jiving yeah, with yeah, that yeah. kind of yeah. uh, vib- vibrational conduit yeah, definitely uh, interesting you know, yeah yeah, especially since when you play with somebody, it's not talked about as much, mm-hmm. but you know. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, this works. Yes. And when you play with people and it just works, mm-hmm. you know, don't you think like sometimes I think about this like bands that are together forever. Right. Like uh, like Cheap Trick, one mm-hmm. of my favorite rock and roll bands. Nice. They've been together since high school, some mm-hmm. of them, and you just nice. go, well, I could see why because you're just mm-hmm. like, I'm not going anywhere. Like, we got right. this thing going. Yeah. It's easy. Yeah, and it's just like we don't question it. Whereas we've had to learn to play with Mm -hmm. a lot of different people. It's a whole different thing, Mm kind of, is learning how. It's easier for me, I think, because as an accompanist, Mm. that's my natural role. Mm -hmm. Is it just kind of like, let me lay back and see how it's going, Mm -hmm. play along to it, and then feel like, okay, do I need to help shape this or not? But that's the nature of my instrument. With you, it's a little different because... Well, I wouldn't kind of downplay how profound a musician you are because well, really uh, any musician who um, has to um, or has the ability to uh, meld with other musicians and make them feel comfortable, that's a fine art. And, and Thanks. It's, I, it, I yeah. actually, that's what I think my business is. Yeah. I try to do that. I want everyone to be relaxed so they yeah. can do what they need to do to the, to the out front. And that's why that's you're, you know, Thank you. the popular, you know, musician and sought after musician that you are. And, and thanks for the coffee, punk ass. Dave wow. drank my coffee. Oh, before. yeah. <laughs> so I made him get me another yeah, one. At least, at least Let me make sure he, it's right. At least he didn't get your stash. So mm. um, I don't even know what that is. This is wrong. Send it back. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> But yeah, yes, yeah. Uh, admittedly, you know, the, each instrument, whether it be guitar or drums, has its own sense, it, is its own dynamic range, and yeah. what is involved with being able to um, work with other people. And and I am very um, challenged, um, you know, and I say that in an exciting way that the challenge of kind of meeting someone and certainly someone that you respect their music and learning how to best, you know, kind of support what it is they're doing and also bring your light to their vision. Because that's something, of course, you know, to do this stuff, we have to take pride in who we are and what we do and what we could bring, you know. So each opportunity shows uh, maybe more or less of how much they want you to bring your own flavor into it. And then also knowing... How much do I bring? Mm-hmm. How much don't I? That's right. part of the gig too. Yes, it is. I mean, I feel like, um, at least from my standpoint, <clears throat> when I first started playing with you, mm. I felt like that I wasn't, um, that I I felt like my chops, mm-hmm. what I perceived as chops, mm-hmm. weren't at the level that I felt like they should have been. Hmm. So I would, I would be uptight thinking that like, I'm not, I'm not measuring up, but I'm going to try. And then I think over the years we built something like Mm -hmm. you came to me and Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, I can actually be myself. Yeah. Like I don't have to try. Cause I was like, "Uh Oh, what happened? Are we good? uh, Oh, why? What are we not? Is everything cool? Okay. Gotcha. Um, well, I, I never. Felt but you know what I mean. Like I'm, ha- I'm happy. It got to a point where, like, I'm like, oh, okay. 
Yeah. So I can be myself. I don't have to try to be something else. And and I was never at a That's place fair. where I felt that way. And in fact, so so in a way that was all in your own filter, you know. And hey. not to say that I haven't played with you know drummers who are fancy and know lots of polyrhythms and this yeah, yeah. and that. And but you know, I, my taste and my um, path has led me to actually really enjoy not cluttering stuff too much you know right which and, is where yeah. i'm most comfortable i like yeah i like to start there and then yeah if you clutter it you're you're ma you're making a statement of clutter yes. as yeah. opposed to the other way around i'm yeah. always fighting for the the flat place yeah where well the flat place is great yeah. because yeah. then there's all this oxygen in in the in the arrangement i hope so i like that yeah you know it just it's not like you have to spell it all out, you know. It's not like you have to play everything you know, and it's not like I right. mean, you. There's something. It's kind of like sitting around a table and having six people shouting at each other versus, you know, there's like just this kind of respect for sure. all the space, you know. Yeah. 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 No, I, I dig it. Yeah. I dig it. Yeah, I appreciate. I, I figured it out after a while. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I don't have to try to be impressive. No. No. In fact. Uh, that brings up a, a phrase that a dear friend of mine said to me. There's the, a keyboard player who I met very early on in my trajectory, Michael Ruff. He's from Manchester, Connecticut. Yeah, Mike, Michael went to, he was Ricky Lee Jones's band leader, and he's, he got me my very first tour with her uh, in 1983. But he had said to me, and here's this kid, and, I, and at the time he was a kid, and he was like, 15 playing like a 50 year old jazz master on keyboards. I mean, yeah, right, right, he right. just had the gift, right? And he says, Jeff, you know, I see you trying so hard. You know, you don't, you don't have to try so hard. You know, just accept that yeah, you yeah. have the gift. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It took me a good 20 years to even huh. get close to understanding what the heck he was saying. But over time, Sure, you know, once you have a certain amount of facility and you can relax a little bit with, oh, well, I can't, I know how to do it. I mean, I can get around a little bit, you know? So, but there's this idea of like, yeah, maybe if I'm trying, I'm not in that Zen place of yeah, really right. Right. being, taking it all in and not just that, but I love this idea that if you put yourself kind of like follow the force, Luke, if you put yourself in that Zen place, then in fact, the music is playing you. You're yeah, not yeah. playing the music. You right, are right. a part of yeah. the organism. You're a part of the yeah. amoeba just moving around with it. And so if you're so busy in your own ego and your own head of like, oh, I'm not, I should be doing this and then that fill and right, play right, the bell right. and blah, blah, versus just like after a while. And some people like Michael, that happened really early on and he was able to say that to me, but it's such a profound statement, you know? Well, I think that it, it sounds to me like it's just, it's a confidence thing. Yeah. Because I would always feel like, you know, there's me and then there's this other thing, like I have to qualify. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you've experienced this, but mm -hmm. as I get older. Every night. Well, right. <laughs> well I mean, I don't have a, I don't have a lot of things. I don't have a long career to point at, but I feel like I reach a certain point where you get old enough and I just go, you know what? I've been doing this long enough that I'm just going to express myself mm -hmm. instead of feeling like, okay, there's a standard that I'm supposed to, I mean, I have my own standards that I never hit, mm. never, mm -hmm. um, which is why you keep doing it. But I just feel like, you know what? I don't have to prove anything no. to anybody but myself. Mm -hmm. There's not some imaginary, um, you know. Yeah. And also whatever, I don't, this is a whole other thing, but like we were talking about the other night, but like it just so happens that the way I play is all wrong. I play mm -hmm. lefty, righty. So there's a lot of stuff that I hear people play that I can't really play anyway. Mm -hmm. So I created this whole style of working around it mm -hmm. yeah. that is good. I'm just like, well, this is how a guy in his 50s plays now. That's yeah. the way I play. So so just to kind of... And I always uh, learn. I'm always trying to. To mirror what you're saying... <clears throat> at a certain point, you can just decide, okay, I don't have to be that judgmental thing. Right. I don't have to view myself in judgment. In fact, I can accept the fact that I'm a human being and I have limitations. We all do. But if I try to, if, if I would consider stepping away from judgment 
and just kind of accept that I can only be who I am. I'm not going to be Steve Gadd. I'm not going to be Jimi right. Hendrix. Right. I'm going to offer what I have with my whole heart. Sure. And I'm going to, and it's an offering. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. not going to make everyone love you. You're not right. going to impress everybody. Yeah, just and that's okay. Consider this. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah, 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 this yeah. is my offering. What I'm feeling right now, and so. Yep. That, that's the kind of a place that I've been getting to in my life to try to not be that, oh, I'm just not good enough or I, you know, my hands didn't do what I wanted them to do or I'm in judgment or, you know. Yeah, right. Because that's not good for anybody. Everybody wins <laughs> if you're in a place yeah. where what you're offering is true and it's, and it's in the moment and, it's, and you're comfortable with it. And sure. the, in a way, I think it even communicates out more when you're comfortable with yourself, yeah. and you're offering this out from a place of, you know, hallowedness and, and true, you know, kind of being in that Zen place. Does that make sense? I think so. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's kind of the way I try to think about it in some kind of way, coming to terms with it. And, and, and I fight with it, you know, because yeah. I, I can't help it in judgment, you know, in, in times when I'm kind of like viewing, it's almost like, that idea of like I've heard when you die you float above your body. Sure, you know I'm while I'm in the middle of playing. Sometimes yeah. I float above oh, yeah. where I am. Yeah, yeah, and it's like yeah, that's either wow you're you're doing stuff that you know feels really good, Jeff, yeah, yeah. and you know you're doing a great job, and wow you're kind of in the flow. Or man, your hands are not doing it tonight. And yeah, yeah. You can, maybe in a you know another few tunes you'll get in the groove. But I try to get away from that too and just yeah, like yeah. be in the moment the more well, we can be in that moment the more it's really true and it's connecting right? yeah definitely yeah i feel like the hardest part for me what i spend most of my time doing <clears throat> is to try to not get caught up in my plan yeah. the most amount of energy that i spend when i'm playing a gig especially like a gig like yours where you're making it up yeah is i'm trying to project my ears mm -hmm out and hear the whole thing nice from where i am though That's is right. hard yeah it's course. hard it is that's why i have i have my <clears throat> in-ear the overhead is yeah. compressed i'm hearing people in the back of the room by the Amazing. time i'm done well yeah but but a lot of times that's what i'm mostly occupied with right. is trying to hear how am i playing too loud am mm -hmm. i how is what i'm playing is the volume or the groove how am i fitting into the thing mm -hmm. And it's hard to put your ears, especially when you're behind drums um, right. within the instrument. I'm sure. And it's like, I'm trying to hear outside. Right. That's why I developed that thing where I'm just like, okay, I got the overhead. That's yeah. like getting the big get, picture. Get trying, yeah. trying to. That's and, cool. Well, once I did that, but I would get to the point where like, before I developed that, it would drive me nuts right. because I would spend my mental energy mm. trying to hear further. Right. And I, you know. Yeah. Um, it's a cool idea. Well, it's a curse in a way because I think some a lot of people don't know. I got to a point where I could hear the difference, where I could just blast away and go. Mm -hmm. we're, but I have this thing about like, are we playing the at same the, song? Are, well, are we playing at the same time? Yeah. Or are we playing together? Mm -hmm. That's the way I right. look at it. Right. I'm always trying to figure out how to make it so that we're all playing together yeah. instead of at the same time. It's good. It's yeah, kind of. Yeah, but, it's a good idea. Well, I'm still working on it. Well, it's, it, you know, the gigs that we do, um, because we don't have an opportunity for the proximity to actually rehearse. And, and you know, rehearsing is great, but sure. there's something so much fun about just having a blank slate. I mean, you know, it's like, all right, here's the general idea of what the chords are, and we're just kind of making it up as we go along. I, I really do enjoy that. I, I love walking that. I do road. if I'm in the right. Sometimes it's nerve wracking. Yeah, <clears throat> right. Um, I got to be in the What's right. What's the worst that could happen, John? And, and this is something that a friend of mine said. You know, it's like you're walking a tightrope. You can die. He sure. goes. He, he goes to me. He goes. What's the worst that could happen? Somebody wasn't entertained. Well, you know, <laughs> I, you, well, especially like our gigs. I want. I want it to be better, yeah, than last time, and I don't want I don't want to get the look, or have or have, feel like oh, <laughs> this didn't work. Not not that you you're not you, easy, but I'm just saying like you you don't you want you want it to work, yeah, but yeah. But I also yeah. want it to work, yeah. You're but after you always that do. Thing. When it works, it's like okay, here we go. But that's the thing. See, the thing that I enjoy is I get I get players 
or on a level um, that chemically work usually. And um, I, I'm not, I'm, I don't have necessarily much of a preconception of how it should be versus reacting yeah, right, right. Well, maybe to what everyone is, is doing. Yeah, so maybe if you're playing it totally differently, it's like, oh, cool, this is fresh. Oh, okay. You know? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I'm, I, I'm, I'm totally open to that. And uh, again, it's the nature of the beast when you're doing these types of shows where you don't have time to rehearse. You're, yeah, yeah. you're working it out live, you know? Yeah. So it's fun. Well, Some people can't do it. Yeah, that's true too. You know? That's Some people true too. have to rehearse or they're just, you know, they kind of get too tight you know yeah 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 that's interesting yeah and then some people just overplay too Mm -hmm. and and aren't dynamic and i really appreciate how you know you do you play in an ensemble it shows that you know that your care about having it sound cohesive as a unit um it's it's why i call you a lot well i appreciate (laughs) that i i was always a song player Mm mm-hmm and your gig was the challenge mm-hmm. to to get out of that because mm-hmm. it's not that I was in bands that were over right. rehearsed, mm-hmm. but I was always a song right. player, right? Um, Versus just blowing and creating, yeah, swaths I, of well, creation. No, it's it's cool. it just wasn't for whatever reason when I was I was just a Beatles child, mm-hmm. you know, like it was Me song too. first, and I wasn't into mm-hmm. um, jamming. Yeah, which yeah. if I was in a different time or place, mm-hmm. that would have been my spark. Mm-hmm. But for me to stretch out is, um, it's not in my nature, but I'm always good. For but we changed you. Well, I'm up for a change. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I mean, you know, like, you know, it's cool. Because I, I do I do like to play a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's fun. But but that's my, I will default to mm-hmm to playing I default yeah. to playing like I have to mm-hmm. stretch myself to play more yeah which um, is fine because it, it's you're not responsible to have all the answers it's it's the combination and so you know guitar is a rhythm instrument too yeah this well, is a rhythm instrument too yeah, so yeah, yeah. You, you if you can play bare bones and set down a solid thing and that it actually if you feel like maybe I'm not offering enough, don't ever think that because right, it, right, right. it leaves room yeah. for other people to get experimental and yeah. be syncopated and you know be. So you're in a more you have an accompanist attitude as well as a soloist. That's love the difference. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love playing yeah. rhythm guitar. Right, right. I love you know uh, yeah. having uh, oxygen, having choices. You know, mm-hmm. if if the drummer's playing so much that there's really. It, you can only kind of hang on for dear life versus, yeah. you know, having room to also contribute to the rhythmic swath. Yeah. You know? So I think it's a mule. I talked to, I don't know. And we got to get on another subject, but mm-hmm. um, I get like that too, where I feel like I picked the right instrument because with drummers or bass players, the good ones, you have to have a, you have to have the mentality of a mule. Like I'm not, I don't do this much with you because, because we, I don't have to, but right. I have no problem playing yeah. like, yeah. I, like I would play with Christine mm-hmm. and it's like, just play the song. Yeah. If there's no fill, don't play a fill. Right. You're like, don't play anything out yeah. of, and I'm like, fine. Yeah. Like I have no problem laying bricks. Like my mentality yeah. is I will do the same thing a hundred times in a row with no variation. That's and beautiful. that's challenging. Yeah. I, but I, so I think I picked the right instrument. Totally. I'm just saying, you, you know, like, uh, yeah. So and, and not every musician has that kind of uh, respect for the the role that you know their specific role can be in the most simplistic way, and making the simplest role sound and feel really good well like i said it all comes i think it all comes down to what your fundamentals are i Mm -hmm. got lucky one way or the other i don't know luck of the draw i've said it a million times anybody that's heard me on the show Mm -hmm. i had an uncle who was in the record business Mm -hmm. he worked for Capitol records when i was young Mm -hmm. so it was the band the Beatles and the Beach Boys. Those were the only Fantastic. records we had in the house. And then we had my dad's old R and B records and that cool. was it. Yeah. So I when I first heard drums, Ringo was what I thought drums were. I never heard yeah. anything else till later. Yeah. By the time he then That's when awesome. I got to be older, he worked for RSO mm-hmm. and then the Cream records would show up and wow. I was like 
I don't know what this is. Yeah, I didn't understand it. Thing. Yeah. So I was like, what is all that? Yeah. Stuff? Well, I, I constantly, you know, get exposed to Beatles stuff with the ears of a guy who has has heard those songs so many times and then it'll sound so fresh to me and I'll I'll go, oh my God, I'm not hearing any cymbal. I mean, like he's playing Crazy. the coolest stuff and it's just the simplest stuff and it's just killing, you know, it's just, yeah. So... Um, he was so inventive, and yeah. the, the sound of his drums and the towels on the drums, yeah, yeah. and all that stuff. The oh whole thing, yeah, it's just amazing. It's so it's so, it, it's symphonic drums. It's it's like, something like that. It's like a whole other yeah. level of maturity, and uh, yeah. So I have such great respect for him, and I met him Whoa. once or twice. Yeah, oh. just quickly. Oh boy, I, yeah. I was backstage at a thing we were doing with, with Crosby, and. Um, there was a number of acts and there was this little curtain area with a TV and I go in to look at what's being filmed and I look to the left of me and there's Ringo right next to me. <laughs> Man. <laughs> I was like, That's wow. too much. Wow. That's so, too much. And then I met Mac McCartney at oh um, one of our rehearsals. We were in LA with, with Crosby and uh, at center staging and Paul and his band were rehearsing for about five days for their tour right and um we ran into him you know quickly and of course you know it's just one of my biggest heroes sure you know? i mean that whole band for yeah, sure yeah yeah but um i love abe one of my heroes, He's one of my heroes. <laughs> yes yeah yeah and i i played with abe <laughs> in, a, in one of the bands uh, that i was in with jonathan book oh cool um but anyway um we ex exchanged pleasantries and and crosby Oh, and Paul said, you know, feel free to stop by a rehearsal. You know, we have a five days. And, and Crosby's like, yeah, well, maybe tomorrow we'll do that. Whoa. And so we're, I'm driving to rehearsal. I wouldn't have slept all night. Yeah. Well, I'm driving to rehearsal, and there's a, there's a, a version of um, My Country Tis of Thee that Michael Hedges, the beautiful, incredible guitar player, Michael Hedges, who also passed way too early, he... Um, had a, an arrangement that we did and I learned kind of pretty much how he did it yeah. gave it a little bit of my own spin but I had this feeling they're going to walk in when we're doing My Country Tis of Thee so oh but anyway we I don't know if it was the same day or not because again there was a, a number of days we were all there but sure. we, we decided to go over and they have a bodyguard you know by the by the door and uh, you know you don't go in sure until the it's in between songs and who walks out but uh, Abe Laboriel's dad, the famous bass player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had met him numerous times too, and um, so we, you know, said hello. And then they brought us in, and I'm sitting in the, the the arm of a couch, right in front of Paul, this far away. And they're they go into Obla di Obla da, and I'm I'm singing, yeah. and he's singing, looking at me, and he can see how vivaciously I'm, you know, smiling yeah. from yeah. ears to yeah. ear. I can't even imagine. And he's smiling at me, and I'm looking at him. I'm, I feel like a twelve year old girl, <laughs> like <laughs> just about peeing yeah. in my pants, you know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so we stayed for a bunch of songs, and um, later that day, because they came in the next day, I just remembered. But later that day, I'm kind of loading out into my car, and Paul pulls up on, in his Stingray and stops just to talk to me. Hey, and that's cool. Yeah, I just—he's just such a sweet guy, and you know, I, I've seen—you may have seen these things with Rick Rubin on yeah, Hulu yeah, yeah. and stuff. Yeah. You know, he's he's just a genuine, excitable musician who's yeah, proud yeah. of what he's done, and he's—he works hard. He's got a incredible work ethic and I'm just so thrilled that he has that band and they yeah. have stayed together you know for yeah, a long right? time and he, I was just so happy to you know see him be so vivacious and so sweet and he was so nice to me anyway the next day I, I that that's when I had a feeling they would walk in and we went through our morning thing and then stopped for lunch and then we go into my country tis thee and I didn't even think of it but the door opens. And hey. They all walk in oh, and, God. and sit on the couch. Just like they, you pictured it. Yeah, they saw us play for about, a, I don't know, 20 minutes. And I played a bunch of songs. And I had a, some really long solos and stuff. And I can't believe I'm playing for the guy who inspired yeah, yeah. me yeah, to pick up the, the instrument. I mean, I you know, Ed Sullivan show, Beatles, it's like, oh. I can't even imagine. I want that. 
I want to do that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Me and a million other musicians my age, you know. But oh Oh, my god, you got in the same room. Yeah, that's heavy. And I did pull out my phone, and I have a a photo which I found out later that you don't really do. But he was he was cool with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a picture with David Crosby and Paul McCartney. (sighs) Yeah, yeah. Oh well. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I would. Yeah, Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, Yeah. that's totally wow. Sorry, Paul. I remember, um, this is kind of funny, <clears throat> that, well, there, uh, this maybe ties in, there's something to be said for, it's no disrespect to anybody mm-hmm. that played with McCartney before, mm-hmm. but I saw this happen with Brian Wilson too. Mm-hmm. There's a certain point where there's a generation leap mm-hmm. where you have fans that are playing, that are in your band instead of peers mm-hmm. who are trying to make the parts better. Mm-hmm. And then you have people that are like, no. Let's play it because mm-hmm. I'm a, like I'm saying like God yeah. forbid if I got the Paul right. McCartney get, sure. I would play it just like it is. I yeah. wouldn't say well I'm going to jazz it up or right. something. Right. And for years I w- you would see McCartney before like playing with peers mm-hmm. and it just it didn't work. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget I was um, <laughs> my mom d- not a musician and mm-hmm. but has some kind of ear. She doesn't know how to explain. Mm-hmm. She calls me up and she goes, "Do me a favor." Goes put turn the TV on. This was like right when McCartney's launched the band with with Rusty and and mm-hmm. Abe. and she goes, McCartney's on TV. She goes, I think it's good, but I want to get your opinion. I yeah. said, What do you mean? She goes, Well, just watch it. And I, you know, turned it on and I was like, Oh, yeah, this is great. Yeah, because they're you could tell that they're Beatle Respect. fan. Yeah, they're playing the thing. Yeah. And I'm like, finally, yeah. it takes that long where like mm. that happened to Brian Wilson. All mm-hmm. the dudes in his band are fans. So they're just right. like, we want to recreate the thing. We're not, nice. we don't want to improve on it. We right. want to make the thing. Yeah. And she was right. Yeah, and yeah. that was when I first knew. Neat. She was like, I think this is good. And I'm like, no, yeah. this is really good. Really good. And then, yeah. you know, that I think that was a, a, a turning point. In my opinion, it's amazing. It's amazing. He's. But it's probably uh, what happened with the Crosby going. thing. It was like, okay, this guy. Mm-hmm. Whoops! I unplugged myself. I'm mm-hmm. like, this guy's gonna play mm-hmm. the gig, mm-hmm. as opposed to try to take it somewhere not inappropriate, but no. you're gonna stay in the lane. The thing that's cool though about David is that he didn't expect me to be Stephen Seals or Neil Young. He he totally was open to me taking it where I was. Hey, that's cool. Oh, it was beyond cool. It was beautiful. So and, he dug he, he got dug into your, it. Yeah. I mean he was like, you know How would you how would you characterize how you how you're different from what he would have been expecting from Stills or Neil Young? Well is there a way to I put it this way. David Crosby, God bless him. Yeah. He was a big fan of like Coltrane and Okay. You know I mean, he loved all kinds of music. Yeah. He was he was kind of like me, you yeah. know. Um, just loved um, feeling music that was impactful. Yeah, and so um, you know, and he was always reinventing himself. He, yeah, yeah, he didn't want to. Okay, he, he called Crosby, Stills and Nash his day job. You know? Yeah, right, right, right. He, right. he was t- not sure. T- it's not like I didn't appreciate that he had the work. But you know what was expected of that scenario. Well, it, they and Graham too. They they let me bring who I was to the to the band. That's nuts. And and yeah, Imagine so that. I was and I made choices to honor certain melodies. You know, we're because we're you're playing. a fan is what I'm saying. Totally. You're, you're not going to take it somewhere completely. I you know like uh, wooden ships. You know when that song starts off. You know I'm playing. The head. It's like, you know, they call that uh, a head sure, uh, when sure. it's a jazz song. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's the melody. So yeah. the guitar is playing this iconic passage. And so, yeah. Or the beginning of we played the other night, we played Almost Cut My Hair. I play the Neil Young melody, uh, you know, pretty close anyway. It's not like I sat down note to note, but it, it, it I always played that opening melody, you know, and, and it's because I'm revering the impact of that melody and it sets up the tune in a way where it's like, oh, God, I know this Well, song. you as a fan, that's what yeah. you would want to hear. Yes, that's That's how right. you would identify the tune. That's right. And yeah. the same thing when I'm doing this David Gilmore project. I'm doing the Gilmore project and we're playing Pink Floyd. And there's certain songs, it's like the, the guitar solo in Money or the guitar solo yeah, yeah, in... Yeah. Um, Got to do it. Comfortably Numb, you know, in the middle section. It's like... What are you going to improve on that? Yeah, you, yeah. Well, you would only right. not do it as good. <laughs> you know, I mean, 
the point is, is that people hear this song and that's a huge part of the song, sure, sure. the impact of the song. So, yeah. but yeah, they, you know, Crosby let me know right from the get go that he was like, and it was obvious. I mean, he would, you know, he'd look at me and, you know, smile and laugh. And, you know, he That's was, heavy. he was really, he loved me and we oh, loved yeah. each other and we, he respected me like a brother and like a peer. And it was amazing to make that kind of connection and also give him a fresh outlook instead of trying to be like yeah, right. Neil and Steven. Right. There already is a Neil and Steven. Yeah, but you, but you did them a solid by keeping him occupied with something that kept him fired up. So yeah. Could, yeah. We all did each other solid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he, <laughs> we did a lot for each other. He yeah, said funny. amazing things to me uh, in the press. He, there was a Twitter uh, question, who are the best leads you've ever played with? And he goes, Hendrix, Stills, Landau, Pivar, Lukather. I sent it to Lukather. Good Lord. Yeah, I sent it to Lukather because we're friends. And he goes, oh my God, I am so honored to be on this list. You know, because he's humble. He's a humble guy, Steve Lukather from Toto. Ah, he's a a riot. He's so sweet to me too. That's cool. I've sent him stuff, you know, that I've done. He's always so, you know, uh, complimentary. And, you know, the, the people, oftentimes the people who are really good aren't full of themselves or they have a check. You know, they keep it in check. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, yeah. it's not always, but a lot of times. Yeah. A lot of times. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I got to say, it was one of the best things that ever happened in my life. And, you know, when, because David went to prison and he was, he had drug problems and he came out and very shortly after that, our paths crossed. And I really felt like I gave him a new fresh, you know, thing and to tour with him and Graham, because he and Graham at that point in time and most of their lives were very, very close until some other stuff got in the way of their friendship, which is tragic. But, um, you know, things happen. But um, to be able to tour with these two gentlemen who wrote a lot of records on their own and, yeah. and were very, very close and to be of service to their music. And, you know, as time went on, as David told me, Stephen, you know, kind of lost interest in moving forward with his music. He, huh. he didn't, he, David said, you know, Stephen doesn't practice between tours. He doesn't oh, wow. touch the guitar. So, oh, wow. so for me to be, and I don't know that to be true. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and I have incredible but a, respect for sure. Stephen. I mean, but it's a different mentality. It's a like fresh mentality. It's a right. fresh feeling. So right. he loved that I brought what I brought. And I have my influences, you know, Larry Carlton and Hendrix and yeah, Jeff yeah. Beck and Robin Ford. So these are guys that, you know, David has respect for too. So I, you know, it's like no one can own the notes. And at a certain point, it's, it's the soul behind it. You know, it, it, it's like, I've used this analogy that sometimes, you know, playing music, it, it's like a paper airplane thrown out to the world of, of an encapsulation of your heart, of your feeling, of your emotion, of everything that's ever happened to you. Oh boy. So there's the notes and the phrases that, you know, let's yeah. just say a music student could go, oh, I'm going to learn these notes. Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, that's the one of the amazing miracles of, of music that it's it's kind of a little uh, a transportation device of your heart, of your intention, of your energy that goes into those notes. And so the communication that happens from there, it's kind of like the saying beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. Yeah. One passage of note will f- nail someone to the wall. Another, pa- the same passage of the notes will be like, eh, whatever. You know, it just depends on who's listening and who's hearing it and feeling right. it. Well, like you say, if you, yeah, the, if the note, if it's resonating on the same. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I hear you. Yeah. I hear you. So I'm, I'm in such gratitude. And that's part of the reason why it's so hard for me, you know, to accept that those days are gone. But, you know, there's a beautiful documentary CPR through the music of, of us um, that I actually uploaded because we, oh, cool. we, we got signed to a record company uh, in late 90s and, and CPR, Crosby, Pivar, Raymond, we put sure. out four records and, and the, that stuff is out there and the documentary is on YouTube and you know wow. the stuff I did with David and Graham, I recorded um, their last record with them with an incredible band, Russ Kunkel and Leland Sklar and Dean Parks and James oh, Raymond Lord. and Lus, <laughs> uh, Louis Conte. Sure. And, and uh, there's a song on that record that I wrote with Graham called 
Jesus of Rio, and they decided to get some background vocalist. I think his name is James Taylor. Oh, yeah, James oh. Taylor. They got James Taylor yeah. to sing on my song. Good so, Lord. you know, there's just been a lot of amazing things. David and Graham brought me to Carnegie Hall. I played Carnegie Hall with David and Graham. You know? That's crazy. And I got David... Crosby to play at Black Eyed Sally's in Hartford. Oh, did you? I yeah. don't remember that. Yeah, I, I got him to come in. And in fact, this that's uh, funny. This Saturday, I'm, we're playing the Blues Fest. Yeah, um, and and there's, I'm giving James. This isn't coming out right right away anyway, so this will be after it, the fact, right? Maybe. Well, whatever. Yeah, I'm giving James, the owner of, of Black Eyed Sally's, a photo. Hey. And someone took that night of myself and David Crosby and David's son go. to hopefully put in Black Eyed Salads because it's a little piece of Hartford history right, right there. Yeah, know? definitely. Why not? Yeah, David, you know, was calling me to do a lot of gigs for him. You know, it's like, oh, big sacrifice. Um, yeah, right. You know, to do, we, we did a lot of benefits. Um, and he would always, you know, compensate me for my time. But he, he liked to support um, certain political people, sure. um, Senator Kennedy and, um, you know, women's rights and um, cancer and all sure. these kinds of things. So Crosby said to me, look, Jeff, if there's anything, you know, you've done all these things for me, if there's anything I could ever do for you. And I go, actually, you're in New York, right? Yeah. How about uh, Saturday night? I'm playing Black Eyed Salads. Why don't you guys come down and sit in? Hey. And he did. He, they, they took a car. That's amazing. And I got him to that's come so, up. That's yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, That's wild. So, hey, you know, ask. It never hurts to ask. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I had a... <laughs> I had a... a this, this, this is a real moment. Mm -hmm. This is not quite at that level, but this is one of those moments where you're like, this is bizarre. I can't believe this is happening. So when I was playing with Danny Cooch, at, at a certain point, we ended up... <clears throat> rehearsing at my rehearsal spot nice in my hometown so i'm like okay this is cool and we're like trying to figure out what tunes to do we're learning tunes and he he says to me pecky why don't you sing sing something you know because i had a band and i was a yeah. singer i said i don't you know i sing punk rock songs i don't it's yeah, nothing yeah. you want well, let's learn it just show me some of the tunes you do and yeah. i'm just like I, this can't be <laughs> and i like well there's this Oasis song that I sing that I really like. And I'm mm -hmm. like, he would have no idea what mm -hmm. it was. You know, yeah. if he, I played it for him. He goes, yeah, that's cool. Let's do that. So I'm like, here I am in my rehearsal spot. That's a stone's throw from the house I grew up in. Mm. Rehearsing an Oasis song with Danny Korchmar. <laughs> Just <laughs> that's bizarre. Awesome. And he was, and he killed, and it was great. I'm and he's sure. like, yeah, put it on the set list. Oh. I'm like, this is bizarre. How did, the, like you, I would never in a million years think that, and, and again, he was one of those dudes, too, that he yeah. was like, yeah, I like that tune. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. he didn't think like, you know, I'm I'm like an L.A. studio cat. Yeah. I'm like, he just was like, yeah, that tune, that tune rocks. Let's do yeah. it. And I'm like, this is uh, bizarre. I love Danny. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a cool dude. He's a great guy. Yeah. Great yeah. Guy. Yeah. He was really sweet to me. Yep. It was, um, and well-deserved. And, you know, I, I've talked... I've heard him talk about you with such great respect. Oh, really? oh boy. Yeah. Oh, he loves you. He loves the way he, you He, you know, yeah, I, he, he's awesome. He is, I mean, you are too, but mm. he, for some reason, I don't know why, he loves my mom. Yeah. Like when I would bring her to gigs, he was so nice to her. Oh, oh my God. He he's would a good play at Iridium and he would go, I got you and your mom tickets. You just come down and, and you're on the list. So nice. I would bring my mom down to New York to see him. Oh. It was so sweet. Yeah. And he would he would be like, come backstage before yeah. anyone else does, before the meet and greet. Right, right. Why? Right. Yeah. Well, you know, but because he... He knows he, the real deal. It, well, whatever. Yeah. But it was just funny. I keep unplugging myself, damn it. Yeah. Uh, he's he's a great guy. I'm, so I'm, funny. I'm so thrilled that I had a chance to also play play with him a bit. Sure. He was living here. Yeah. A really good man. Crazy. Yeah, there's a, there's a really nice YouTube... Uh, we, we actually got asked to... A play an opening spot on New Year's f in front of Marshall Tucker. Oh boy! Yeah, and and you know so I, you know to, to make it worth our while, uh, well a, if it's just a duo, then you know whatever they're offering is sure more significant. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know I've been doing these types of things where I'll um, put tracks together, and so I've got sure. There's a video of us playing. 
there's actually a couple videos. We did one of these at Don O'Dell's place in in uh, yeah, Westfield, yeah. and yeah, then yeah. we did. There's one of uh, Kirchmar and I playing together at um, uh, up at the Infinity uh, where we're doing. Oh yeah, nat right. Nat uh, Natural Woman. Yeah, yeah. Two yeah. guitars. Yeah. Yeah, it's just beautiful, man. Yes, yeah. such. And and like you, you know, I listen to a lot of those records, the James yeah. Taylor records and the Carol King yeah. records, and yeah. you know the section and yeah. Jackson I mean, Russ Kunkel was one of my first drum heroes. Yeah. You know, when I was young, that's yep. I wanted to play like that. You know, I thought that was how you're supposed yeah. to play. He's he's yet another one. He yeah. he worked on some of our CPR records, and uh, we we toured with Russ when wow. when our drummer Stevie couldn't do it, and I just saw Russ two weeks ago with Nile Lyle. Wow. Love it. Great. Yeah, it's just killer. Great to see him. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, one of these days I'm gonna call in favors. I keep saying this when I get my remote thing together. I gotta yeah. get I gotta get people. Yeah. Gotta get on. I'll reach out. Yeah. Count on young. You're gonna have to pull some strings for me. I'd be happy to. All right, cool. Yeah. Um tell me a little bit about um what you're doing back home. You okay. got something going on at yeah. your house or something. Yeah, yeah. So for the last eight years or so. Um, we've been living in the, in this place in Ashland, Oregon. Um, and it's, it, we, it's called the stone house. And the reason why it's called the stone house is because there's a couple incredibly huge walls made of hand placed stone and these huge beams. And this place is absolutely incredible. And we've been renting there now for about eight years and we can pull out all the furniture and we could fit. 90 people seated oh, in our cool. living room and so hey that's cool yeah so ever since uh before covid and we just started redoing them since covid we can uh present shows in our own home which is just like, like a, a house concert at your house yeah that's and, awesome and i've got a i've got a <clears throat> set of um Gretsch drums that joe montaneri i bought them from joe montaneri years ago and they sound amazing and we don't always use, you know, kit. Uh, sometimes it's percussion and whatever. But uh, and we've had friends who've been kind of going through on a tour would come through and we'd book them in advance. Or, yeah. but a lot of times we are uh, creating different scenarios. In fact, my wife and I, besides doing our own original music, we have a, a funk project that you know kind of does you know, more funk and dance sure. and R&B. And then we also have a side project called Zeptrix playing Zeppelin and Hendrix. And uh, so we have one of those shows coming up. Um, when are we doing our Zeppelin set? We yeah, keep saying that. I know. I could. Well, we could do some uh, at, at on Sunday. Okay. At With Guitarness. Yeah. 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 In fact, I have a few uh, songs. We tried, we almost did, what, there was a gig we played. I think it was right before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Ingrid was there, and we played a whole lot of Zeppelin because it was mm -hmm. we were just like oh, yeah. whatever. Yeah, well, she like, sings. We that should stuff. do the whole. We should someday next time. Yeah, okay. You know I, what I mean? I would love to. Yeah, let's I'm, do it. I'm down with that. So that. It, it's actually I gotta say it's one of the my favorite things to do in my entire life to have community. Now you know we it's not inexpensive. You know, it's fifty dollars a head. Sure. So, so you're not going to get you know riffraff. You're yeah. going to get people who right. are like, and we sell it out every time. Sure. And we get people who are excited to be there, and you could hear a pin drop, not like playing the place we played sure. the other night. And uh, <laughs> you know, it, people respect that this is a happening. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And people bring food, and yeah. so. You know, we'll be snacking beforehand, and then it's, it's I mean, it's in your own home, you know, and it's so beautiful yeah. to bring community Sounds great. like that in your house. Yeah. And uh, so I just, I got to say, you know, I I like to tour, you know, and, and admittedly after doing it for years and years and years and years, after you're in the like 12th and 15th and 30th hotel room it's like yeah eh, you know, this isn't as, a, yeah. as fun as just being in my own bed. Yeah. But that being said, yeah, you know, as Crosby used to say, well, until we figure out a way to get you all to come to where we live, we have to go where you right. guys live. Right, right, you know? Imagine that. But, but um, you know, um, I, I enjoy the various opportunities that I have, and I don't feel that I have to be on the road to feel, um, you know, a certain level of satisfaction, especially when 
when I'm not touring, we, we can do these things once a month and we can have a different concept night each, yeah, yeah. each time. And, uh, you know, whether it's bringing in a special guest where they'll do the opening set and I usually make myself available to support them, whether I'm playing bass or guitar or sometimes um, it'll be like Robbie Dupree came out and he sent us his song list and I rehearsed the guys and then he came in a day before and we ran it down with, with them and and so they'll the guests will do the opening set and then we'll do our set and then the guests will come up and jam with us and uh, but it's different all the time and a lot of times it's just us and you know we have a lot of fans out there who really appreciate what we're doing so that's a great thing there's uh we have you know different situations there's a friend of ours who owns this gorgeous place on the rogue river it's called paradise lodge and it's inaccessible uh except that you could you could either take a jet boat up from the coast to get up or you could take a raft down the river and in fact this place was built for the rafters in oh, early wow. 1900s okay. yeah sure and it was in disarray and this guy john schleining who's like a big you know fa almost like family now um he took it upon himself to invest and get this place fixed up and we do a festival out there every year Hey, so cool. a two night, a two night weekend. Yeah, yeah. we just did one. We're going to do. He said, "Let's do two next year." So you guys are going to create a thing. Yeah, well, out we're there. we're doing that. Yeah, and then there's the Brit, which is like the local Tanglewood, and okay. so we just opened uh, for UB40. Oh, cool! A, a couple nights ago, right before I got on the plane, the oh, day nice. before I got on the plane, and they wanted a whole night of reggae, so we we worked up. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, Beatles reggae, sure. Zeppelin reggae, Neil Young reggae, wow, Bob Marley, anything, big yeah. stretch, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, right. But anyway, you know, I, I just love. Were they good? Was you? I love you, B forty. Were they good? I haven't. They seen were them in years. Really good. Yeah, I bet. I was very impressed. Yeah, yeah. You know, a little was poppy for my, my my you know my sure. taste, but sure. really very um, professional, and you know, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a large ensemble. And, oh, wow. oh my god! And they have a young guy who's singing who's just. Killer. Oh, that's cool. And the girls are screaming. I mean, he's, yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they got it going on. They really do. That's cool. I have great respect for any musician, even if it's not my favorite style. Yeah. Any yeah. Gr group or musician who have the presentation, who have the professionalism, you know, together. And uh, they were great. That's so, awesome. So, yeah, so we keep busy out there, and I have a studio in yep. my home. So I'm not only doing recording sessions for people uh, playing guitar and various instruments that I play but also I produce I've been producing some records for some people which has been really fun and cool. challenging and uh, yeah so you know a little of this a little of that Inger and I are going to Europe uh, in September for six weeks doing some shows in in um, Denmark cool. and, and in Holland and in a bunch of shows in Italy and I'm also going to be doing a night of uh talking about david crosby and playing songs that we've written together in one of the famous uh opera houses in venice called la finice whoa and uh that's going to be a really exciting he was thing. A, he must have been a big deal there so well been, you know uh, people in europe really appreciate music yeah, yeah, yeah. music sure. and and there's definitely a lot of fans there and um, I have a friend who's involved with a nonprofit uh, cultural music society who said, would you be interested in doing this? And I'm like, yes. Yeah, definitely. And then I'm also doing a three-day clinic at the music school in Rome, the St. Louis Music School in Rome, where I'm, they're going to pair me up with their musician, musicians of the top of their class. We're going to learn four songs of my choice. Oh, and boy. we're going to perform them in a nightclub in, in Rome. Hey. While I'm there. So, so you're going to play just, the chicken and what else? Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> no, I'm trying to figure out which songs. Well, that, that could be a contender. I want to run the gamut of, of musical styles. Sure. You know, so trying to think of things that um, would be an opportunity for uh, the musicians to spread, you know, themselves through lots of genres. Sure. And also be something that I would be able to that wouldn't be over my head. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> All of this sounds like yeah. the chicken. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah so we yeah. should go. I don't want to run out. Yeah. Because I don't know how we are on cameras. Good. Okay. All right. Okay. We're, we're creeping up on it. Okay. So, you know what? 
Um, I'm glad you showed up because yeah. you're here yeah. and you were due for an update. I get it. And like you know, I said, you know, I had no idea what we we're going to talk about. And nah. it just seems like I, I never, uh, you know, there's there's an un, unending well of, of information from life experience <laughs> when you've lived 66 years. You've got a lot of stuff to pull from, you know, but I'm in a lot of gratitude, you know, for the roads that I've traveled. And John, I'm proud of you, man, uh, for, you know, the amazing musician you are. Oh, and hey. Yeah. And, and what you're doing with the sh show getting people, you know, what you guys are yeah. doing with the show, yeah. getting uh, people, you know, Why to not? tell their story Why and not? share it with the world and maybe be of inspiration to others because that is probably the best thing that we as artists can do sure. is let people know that there's no reason why you shouldn't follow your passion. Right. If all you need is, is a passion, a dream. Yeah. And you can talk yourself out of it yep. or you could follow it and imagine if you were more powerful than you could ever imagine to acquire the things that you want to do. And that's that's what I'm going to encourage everyone who's hearing this. Hey. That do not let the voice of like, well, I wanted to do this, but I, I would never be able to do it. Don't listen to that voice. There's another voice that you could listen to. So there's my closing statement. How about that? How about that for timing? Beautiful. Perfect. Yeah. Excellent. John Packing Podcast, Connecticut Valley School of Music and Dance, beautiful downtown Portland, Connecticut. Come over the bridge. Week one, two, three, six. So I have to change it. I can't say that anymore. Uh, Jeff Pivar was here for round two. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, bro. And we are playing uh, Friday at the Tiger. Yeah. Saturday, the Black Eyed Sally's F Blues Fest out on the green. And then Sunday with Scott Morowski at the Old Well. Katarnas. 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 It's going to yeah. be fun. Yeah. Uh, come on out, kids. If you hear this beforehand, come on out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? All right. Hey, well, I almost pressed this again. I almost did it again. <laughs> all right. Hey, thanks a lot. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, man. All right. See you later, kids. That is all. <laughs>